6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. All right, if you're just joining us, uh, the finance minister, Chrystia Freeland, predicting Canada's economy will bounce back this year and next from the worst economic downturn since the Great Depression. Uh, Global's chief political correspondent, David Aiken, reports uh, this afternoon that the biggest announcement in today's budget is a plan for universal child care. The centerpiece of the first budget ever presented by a woman is a commitment to build a new national child care program. This budget makes a historic investment in early learning and child care. After 50 years of talking about it and fighting for it, we're finally going to get it done. But it will not be cheap or quick. It will cost $30 billion over the next five years and will require significant negotiations with the provinces. That's the biggest single spending commitment, but there are plenty more. For example, $3 billion to improve long-term care homes, $17.6 billion for so-called green recovery initiatives, and a new investment of $18 billion to improve health and economic development in Indigenous communities. That is David Aiken in Ottawa this afternoon. Our next guest is the co-author and operations lead of uh, Feminist Recovery Plan for Canada. She's also the YWCA Canada National Director of Public Policy and Strategic Communications. Anjum Sultana joining us this afternoon. Welcome to 630 Chad. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to, uh, you know, have some time to, to pick your brain on, on what uh, just came down. Your initial thoughts on what you've heard, what you've read, what you've seen in this federal budget. So I think the biggest thing is that the promises that the government put forward in the fall economic statement, I actually saw a concrete uh, fulfillment of many of those promises. So, uh, you know, you spoke about $30 billion over five years for early learning and childcare. Mm. That's exactly what we've been asking as part of the movement for childcare in Canada. So this is a very hopeful piece, but again, the devil's in the details. Yeah, the devil's in the details. And and right now, everyone's just sifting through this, you know, 730-page document trying to figure out what those details are. I was reading through um, uh, the the Feminist Economic Recovery Plan for Canada, which you have worked on through the recommendations that were in there. And one of them is, you know, it touches on childcare. And it says, ensuring that childcare is a key element of all economic recovery plans. Tell us why childcare is so important, especially right now. So during this pandemic, we've seen women's labor market participation drop to levels we haven't seen since the 1980s. So a lot of women have left the labor market, 12 times as many mothers compared to fathers. And the reason for it, there's many, but one of the reasons is the lack of access to childcare. So a lot of folks are doing this unpaid work mm-hmm. and what this childcare system can do is actually get women back to work. And the thing is, it's something that pays for itself. When you invest in childcare, when women go back to work, that can result in more money for Canada's economy. Uh, That's also more money back into government coffers. And it's something that will actually enable gender equality. So it's win-win-win. So uh, that's something we're we're quite happy to see. Um, Again, the details matter, but this is a positive piece. One of the other things in your recommendations was talking about... um, 
making sure that there's an urgent realization uh, regarding the national housing strategy about building affordable housing in this country today we have heard uh, that um, there will be more money that will go towards uh, the 40 billion dollar housing strategy another 2.5 billion dollar commitment about 60 percent of that's going to go towards what they call uh, the construction of 4,500 new units under the rapid housing initiative this is something that um, you know again um, is one of the recommendations that uh, your team was making good news but still a long way to go when it comes to affordable housing in this country yeah there's much more that needs to be done um this is one of the things right for covid to stay safe from covid you need a, a place to live a safe and affordable place to live and i think one of the things in the national housing strategy there was actually a carve out of 25 percent dedicated to women's housing or women's homelessness initiative but i think the challenge has been we haven't really seen where that money is coming out with the gender lens so the hope is you know there's all this money that's coming in we still need there to be earmarked for women um so that's something i'm still i'm still uh, hopeful for but we haven't fully seen that yet you wrote an article recently talking about uh, how young people have also been um, uh, disproportionately impacted because of the pandemic, saying that a lot of, uh, you know, millennials and, and, and Gen Z have faced disruptions because of their, their schooling. A lot of them, first time workers laid off because of the jobs that they have at this point. Some news today when it comes to schooling and post-secondary students, uh, you know, maybe some more money for grants, that sort of thing, waiving interest on federal student loans until uh, March of 2023. I know there's been a lot to go through this afternoon to go through this yeah. afternoon and jump. But again, that, again, that's uh, I am guessing one of those ones that um, that pops out for you as well, because it does talk, uh, you know, you, you have written extensively about it and the need for help for our for for younger folks. Yeah, I think it was a positive step, but I don't think it went far enough. Okay. Uh, some of the funding that we did see, that's going to help people in the short term, maybe, but we really need a long-term strategy for young people. Young people across the country are doing post-secondary education through Zoom. They're missing out on key opportunities in their life. They don't have the social capital that older folks may have to bounce back from economic stress, mm -hmm. right? And so we need actually, similar to what they're doing for women in the economy action plan, they need something similar on that level for young people. Because my fear is, you know, the young people that are experiencing the hardship right now, that's gonna impact them and stay with them for the next 10 years. Mm. So, you know, if there's some short-term relief, that's good, but we actually need long-term impact, long-term investment. Before I let you go, I'm sure you have a busy day this afternoon, uh, Anjum. I'm just, I'm wondering if there's, you know, anything that uh, is glaringly obvious to you right now that was left out that you would have liked to have seen in there or on the other side um you know that the the daycare is is uh, is really you know good news for a lot a lot of families out there is there anything that we haven't touched on that you want to you want to point out yeah, one thing that's in there in the details, but it, it's a very promising sign is $400 million for charities and nonprofits to survive the pandemic. Okay. Uh, they still have to flush out the details, but uh, nonprofits and charities, they are actually a woman majority sector. Yeah. Uh, 20, 70% uh, of the workers in nonprofits and charities are women. Not only are they employers of women, but they also offer services like childcare, all of the things that we need to recover from this crisis.
So I think this is something um, we may not hear too much about it when you think about like 30 billion for childcare, but this is actually very substantial because many child, uh, many charities and nonprofits were on the brink of financial devastation. They were going to close their doors. I think yeah. this is going to actually help them survive the pandemic. Yeah, great point right there. And back to the daycare uh, front, uh, just uh, just a little bit. It's just it's it's one of those things that's been talked about for a very very long time. It is interesting to to finally see the movement on it. I think what a lot of us were watching very closely, though, Anjum, is is how the how the the provinces react to this because yeah. it is a, it's a provincially run area, and so coming down from the feds, I'll be fascinated to see the negotiations on that front. Absolutely, and I think the thing we have to make sure is it's good to have childcare, but if it's not high quality, mm -hmm. then that is troubling. So we need it to be affordable, accessible, yes, but also high quality. So that's something I'm going to be looking at. I look forward to having another conversation with you down the road, Anjum. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, and, and thanks again. Yeah, take care. Anjum Sultana joining us. She is the co-author and operations lead of uh, Feminist Recovery Plan for Canada. She's also the uh, national director for the YWCA of Canada, their public policy and strategic communications person. Uh, so uh, an interesting read if you wanted to, you know, Google it and, and uh, read a little bit more on just kind of some of the things that they had recommended about the recovery plan. There has been a lot of talk about the recovery plan. Does this budget get us through the next little while or does it set the course for the years to come? Uh, judging by my text line this afternoon, a lot of you are just pulling out your hair, rolling your eyes. Does this set us on a path for recovering and um, digging out of this debt? You know, what is the plan for that? What does this mean for you? What does this mean for your kids? What does it mean necessarily for your grandkids? I know uh, that, you know, the past 14 months, incredibly difficult. A lot of folks wouldn't have gotten through if it wasn't for a lot of these programs that were put in place. So did, was it too much, too far? I mean, I guess that will be looked at 10 years from now, but right now we know uh, that we have a massive debt. The deficit is uh, growing. And over the days to come, there is going to be a lot of closer look, crunching the numbers, taking a peek at what this exactly means for all of us.